1: Hey, all, Eric Christensen, pharmacist, back here with the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. Uh, today I'm going to cover Clopidogrel. Uh, brand name of that medication is Plavix. And this is classified as an antiplatelet agent. Uh, in practice, this medication is definitely used uh, on a relatively frequent basis. Um, one A really important thing that that comes to mind uh, within the drugs mechanism of action I'll talk a little bit more about this too uh, as we get into uh, drug interactions Uh, but clopidogrel is what's called a prodrug and that means that the drug is given and the active ingredient the active component within that medication uh, is not actually active right away so what happens is the drug is absorbed and the drug is converted into, by the body into the active form that actually has the physiological antiplatelet type effects. So that's what a prodrug is, basically a drug that needs to be converted by the body into its active form. So I'll again I'll I'll talk a little bit more about this and in, in some of the warnings and, and adverse effects as well as uh, potentially touch on, on on drug interactions as well. So when we think about classifications and antiplatelet agents, uh, you've got to remember, you know, what we're trying to do with these medications, and it's virtually always trying to um, prevent, you know, platelets from aggregating together and ultimately prevent. Um, blood clots and things of of that nature, um, where we stop the the blood flow. And two of the most important situations are in the heart, where we can uh, have a myocardial infarction, where basically blood flow is um, at least limited and potentially even totally blocked. Uh, We've also got the potential um, of blocking off that blood flow in the brain, which is a stroke. And clopidogrel can be used in both of those those settings. I'm not going to go greatly into the the nuances here, but um, clopidogrel is definitely more indicated for secondary uh, prevention of, of ischemic stroke. Now, in patients who have atrial fibrillation and are at risk of stroke, uh, thromboembolic stroke due to that. Uh, the agents that are going to be used are the anticoagulant type agents, you know, like apixaban and things, uh, medications within that class. So uh, there is some nuance there, but um, from a big, broad general picture, you know, prevention of, you know, future heart attack, prevention of stroke uh, is where uh, this medication is primarily used. Uh, also, in in numerous situations, it, it can be used as an alternative to aspirin. So if you've got a patient that has not tolerated aspirin for some reason, uh, you may see clopidogrel used as an alternative, again, to help, you know, prevent those uh, blood clots from from forming and issues uh, surrounding that. Okay, so mechanistically, when that prodrug is converted, you know, how does um, that medication work to inhibit platelets? So, uh, it inhibits uh, P2Y12, which is actually part of uh, ADP receptors, or kind of a subunit of, of ADP receptors. And those ADP receptors are on platelets. And this blocks the activation of GP2B 3A, which is necessary for platelets to start to uh, come together, adhere together, aggregate together. And, you know, slow and stop uh, that blood flow. So that's mechanistically um, how this drug works uh, to inhibit the function of platelets. Uh, one thing that, that commonly comes up, comes up uh, patients who are, you know, undergoing surgery and things of that nature. And, you know, whether we hold this medication or continue this medication uh, really depends upon the surgery and, and what's going to be done. Uh, but an important thing to remember physiologically is the lifespan of a platelet. lifespan of a platelets uh, in the ballpark of seven to ten days. And mechanistically, this drug irreversibly inhibits the function of platelets. So that means that the body needs to replace the platelets. To be able to regain that function, so skipping a drug uh, or skip, excuse me, skipping a dose of clopidogrel um, may not, you know, automatically prevent you from having bleed risk because those platelets are inhibited um, for seven to ten days until the body has reproduced uh, more and new platelets. So, just an important point to think about. And you know it, it's why we sometimes hold these drugs several days before surgery is because of that lifespan of the platelet. But again, depends upon the surgery and depends upon what we're doing. Whether or not uh, these these drugs are held. Uh, adverse effect profile. I can't say I, I've seen a ton of adverse effects out in clinical practice um, other than uh, the risk for bleed. These drugs inhibit platelets, just like aspirin, and bleeding risk is a major, major concern uh, with these medications. And you got to think about other medications that a patient may be on, too, that may uh, increase uh, bleed risk, which I'll talk about kind of in drug interactions, too. Now, there is one warning uh, that I definitely wanted to talk about, and that is uh, with the enzyme CYP2C9. So that is the enzyme in the body that actually converts uh, clopidogrel into its active form. And if that enzyme is inhibited, or if a patient genetically doesn't have a well-functioning enzyme, that can potentially mean clopidogrel will not be as effective, and it may put a patient at higher risk for an event happening, like a heart attack for example. So very, very important to remember that if you've got a patient uh, that has genetic variations and they're a 2C19 uh, poor metabolizer, that could potentially put them at significantly higher risk for an event happening, so important to, to remember that definitely. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit more after the break uh, when I talk about drug interactions as well. If you enjoy and, and want to support the podcast, definitely do that at meded 101com store Meded101.com/store. We've got great resources for all practicing healthcare providers. Various books with clinical pearls and case studies. Uh, also, you can find pharmacists board certification study material. So we've got NAPLEX, BCPS, ambulatory care, geriatrics, uh, newly uh, released MTM certification as well to help you prepare for that exam. Uh, so definitely go check out those resources, uh, meded101.com slash store. With drug interactions, I'm going to first talk about uh, the obvious. So if you've got medications that Um, are going to increase the risk of bleed. You've got to remember to be, you know, hyper diligent in that patient population uh, to look out for bleed risk. So, you know, obviously I I think of aspirin and aspirin can be used certainly in combination with clopidogrel, um, you know, after a heart attack, for example. But um, we've got to be aware that we need to watch these patients closely. Um, NSAIDs, Um, You know, ibuprofen and naproxen, a lot of those common NSAIDs absolutely can inhibit uh, the function of platelets and may kind of have a compound effect of increasing the risk of bleed there. Uh, Anticoagulants uh, like apixaban, rivaroxaban, warfarin, uh, you know, any blood thinning type medication, thrombolytics like TPA, those can all increase the risk of bleed and kind of compound that effect of clopidogrel. Now, um, we'll get into a little bit more controversial area. So omeprazole, uh, isomeprazole, these medications can inhibit CYP2C19. And by inhibiting that enzyme, you do run the potential risk of reducing the effectiveness of clopidogrel. Now, it's still, um, to this day, as I'm I'm doing this podcast, it it is still, at least in my mind, somewhat controversial. We've had some evidence that says, yes, this is going to to impact outcomes and increase the risk of, let's say, a heart attack. And we've had some evidence that says, you know, no, there, there was no issues. So very, very controversial still. Uh, a drug like uh, pantoprazole, if a PPI is necessary, is a consideration. Um, in the event, uh, you know, that a patient is, you know, just using the, the medication, let's say omeprazole, they're just using it for heartburn, um, you know, maybe we can uh, step down and, and titrate down off of that medication. So that's a consideration um, to try to avoid uh, this potential Um, interaction. But again, still controversial uh, to this day, at least as I'm doing this podcast. So uh, that is a challenge. Hopefully, there'll be more clear evidence as to exactly what to do. Um, But those are are some of the potential options that I I laid out there. Uh, Fluconazole is another uh, medication that can inhibit CYP2C19. And there is uh, some potential evidence that it can cause some reduced effectiveness. So again, keep an eye out for that. Uh, morphine is kind of a, a unique one um, that may uh, reduce the effectiveness of clopidogrel. Uh, again, maybe a little bit controversial as to you know how much clinically that, that matters. Um, so I suspect there'll be uh, more and more research over time Uh, on that but I I think it is something to um, be aware of at least and uh, consider what your options are if there are other options uh, depending upon exactly what we're using uh, that drug for so those are just a few uh, interactions I I wanted to throw out there Uh, make sure you were aware of with clopidogrel as always you know there's uh, usually a laundry list of of medications um, oftentimes with medications that are less used or less common um, but always certainly a a good idea uh, if you're doing a clinical review just to run a drug interactions check between a a patient's medications and uh, see what comes up and see if there's anything that uh, we need to be aggressively changing or uh, concerned about there. Uh, Go check out RealLifePharmacology.com and get that free 31 page Uh, PDF, great resource of the top 200 drugs um, for pharmacy students, nursing students, nurse practitioner students, med students, and and so on, um, where I really highlight important things kind of with each uh, drug in the uh, top 200 there. So go check that out. If you enjoy the show, uh, would love a a rating review. That's greatly appreciated Um, to the well over 100 people that have already done that. uh, I'm incredibly appreciative of, of that. Certainly, it helps Uh, Grow the audience, grow the podcast, and uh, get uh, my message of of medication education out there. Uh, You can track me down at reallifepharmacology.com. Hit the contact button. That email will go directly to me. Uh, Also, track me down on LinkedIn as well, Eric Christensen, PharmD, uh, BCPSBCGP. I'm going to leave it at that for today. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, Take care. Have a great rest of your day.